This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. We've got loads to get through this morning, so I hope you have come hungry, ready, expectant. Yes, well done. Correct answer. Are we on some sort of Eurovision Song Contest time lag? You know where they go. Hello, Luxembourg. Hello, Luxembourg. Right, just come on, come on. We're all good, we're all good. We are absolutely going to plough through the scriptures today and we are going to kick off because we are going back to basics, church. I think the time has come where actually we need to remember what God is saying to us, what God is, who God is, and that everything, everything in our lives for a Christian is all about Jesus. Amen. 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 If Jesus isn't the center point of your life, This morning, you know what? We need to take that back and say, what is going on? It is all about Jesus. Everything, everything, everything is all about Jesus. Whatever you're going through, whatever your life looks like, whatever you're feeling, whether good, bad, or indifferent, your central point, your focus, the anchor, the rock upon which you stand as a saint today is Jesus Christ Almighty. Amen? Amen. Come on, right now, I need you a bit more lively. I know Christmas is coming. Some of us were in Bath yesterday, and it was a long day, but a marvellous day. So then, should we kick off? Yes. Now, listen. If you want me to do this, I need a bit more. Okay, Barry, that's quite enough. Thank you. Don't do that again. Right. (laughs) Here we go. We're kicking off. So we're starting with this back to basics. It's all about faith. We're kicking off with Hebrews 11. We're going verses 1 and 2 and verse 6. Listen to this now, right? Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. Got it? This is what we're all about. This is what our life is at right now. If any of you are going through things and you're thinking, oh, goodness me, what is all this about? Faith is the hope of what we cannot see and confidence in what is to come. Amen? And if you seek God, be assured today that he will reward the goodness of your heart in diligently seeking him. For whatever you are, if you're a good person, if you're a moral person, believe me, without Jesus, he cannot reward you. So if you are seeking him with all your heart this morning, be assured, church, he will hear you, he will see you, he will respond to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And what I want to talk about today is two aspects of our faith in Jesus Christ. They're both rooted in the book of Luke. So we're going to be going through Luke 17, um, Luke 18 and Luke 7. And these are two fundamental principles of the faith that comes to us through Jesus Christ. And it is faith in God alone. Amen? Are you, are, am I speaking in German? Yeah, yeah, I, this is okay, yes? Good. Because these things I need you to hang on to today. Whatever is going on in your life, I want you to recognize that by your faith in Jesus, you are healed. And by your faith in Jesus, you are saved. I told you this is about basic stuff today. But the basics, sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater and you can get hung up on all kinds of stuff. But actually what we need to do in our life is strip it back to the most fundamental principle, which is you are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. 
And, you know, Martin, you described it. You, you couldn't have summed it up better this morning. I thank God for the people that he brings to this church and brings their lives and their stories which then dovetail and intertwine with what God wants to teach us all. This morning, you have hit the nail on the head. God bless Jeanette. Thank you, Lord, for Jeanette. Because she's teaching churches far, far, far beyond what she could have thought. She's not in a church in Birkenhead today thinking she's changing a church in Armenford, but she is. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. See, the seeds we sow, we don't know where they end up, do we? Yes. So whatever you are sowing today, be assured there will be somebody somewhere down the path who will reap. You may never see it. You may never feel it. You may never get to know about it. But the seeds that you sow in faith will bud and flourish and flower and bring forth the fruit that somebody else will feel and benefit from. Hallelujah and amen. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. You are blessed to be a blessing. Yes, your faith in him affects other people. Do you get it? That's why it's so important. That's why we need to strip back and look at our lives and say, do you know what? It's all about you. I am going to divest myself of anything that trips me up and ensnares me and keeps me from the love of Jesus Christ that God wants for me. Are we ready? Oh, gosh. Heavens, let's get into it. We're going to start off with your faith has healed you, which is in Luke 18, verses 35 to 42. Lee's going to put them up on the screen. So you can follow, but just for ease, because I prefer it, I'm going to read it out of the Bible. Is that okay? So you can carry on reading, but you will hear my voice. As annoying as that might be to some of you, my voice will be resplendent as I read. All all right? Good. Let's go. So here we go. Luke 18, 35 to 42. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to go on to the other bit of Luke in a minute, but we're going to kick off with that. You all okay? You are positioned, church, not to be blind. Mm -hmm. You are positioned. To walk in sight, even though you cannot see what God is doing in your life yet, to glorify the magnitude of God in your life. That is your positioning. And if you're not in that position today, if we, for whatever reason, are not positioned in that position today, that is something we need to take to Jesus right now. We are positioned To not walk by sight and have everything we see actualized and affirmed. We are positioned to walk in a faith that means we can call that is which is not yet as though it is. Right? And that is your position where you can then glorify the magnitude of God in your life because you are calling things that are not as though they are. Yes? I cannot see Jesus in his 
in his human form. I cannot see him right here in front of me now as I can gaze upon your lovely faces. He, but he, is absolutely as real to me as one of you. Is that your Jesus today? That's our position. Our position is we see Jesus as large in our life as though he was stood next to me right now. So that you can touch him, you can taste him, you can feel him, you can benefit from his wisdom. You can feel his love being lavished over you. He is the best friend you will ever have, but your eyes cannot see him. Yes? And that best friend is there for you, is for you, is affirming you. You see, it is about healing, isn't it? And we believe in a God who heals physically. Amen? And we believe in a God where we stand before him and pray prayers of faith that say, in your goodness, glory, and miraculous wisdom, Lord God, you heal and heal completely. Yeah. Amen. That's my prayer to, for you today if you are sick, physically sick. Lord God, come and heal. But we know that he also heals in the smaller, darker places of our heart, don't we? In the anxieties, in the panic, in the worry, in the doubt, in those secret things we don't want other people to see, in our envy, in our jealousy, in our strife, in our longing to be something that we would want to be but we are not, in our lack of confidence, wanting to be taller, prettier, thinner, slimmer, cleverer, handsomer, more good at sport, all of that stuff, all of that lack that you are sowing into your heart, Jesus can come and heal right now and touch it as though it had never been there. You see, when we come to God, we come to the God Almighty. So if you need healing in your darkest places today, I want you to know it is faith in Jesus Christ that will heal you. Taking it to him and saying, Lord God, I cannot do this on my own. This is consuming my heart right now. And God says, have you met my son, Jesus? You see, you go through him. It's all about Jesus. Sometimes we feel like we're praying to an empty heaven and God is going, I desire to meet with you in the deepest, most intimate places, but you have ruled my son, Jesus Christ, out of the equation. Do you understand? It's all about Jesus. I want you to know today that if you call out to Jesus, he will go, what can I do for you? Do you understand? But you have to be on the roadside calling out for him. He's here. He's passing by. He's in your life. He's everywhere. And what we need to do, we need to do. Now listen, church, we need to do this. We need to call out to him and say, please help me. About everything that troubles you. If you think you can carry it on your own, and make it better on your own. You may possibly be able to do that for quite a long time, but you will not be able to do it definitely. As Martin described, there are NHS courses that you can subscribe to every day of the week for every week of the year. But unless your heart is motivated and calling out to Christ to change you and transform you, it will do nothing. You understand? Because you are transformed to be transformational. You are transformed yourself in order to be an agent of transformation in your world. Do you understand? And that doesn't just mean the way you affect other people to transform them. It means transforming yourself. So every day you change from what you were before. Your your containment that was there before is now released in Jesus' name. So that anything that was holding you back, you now become different. But you have to call out to him because Jesus is the one who does it. It is not you who changes you. It is Jesus that transforms you. 
Get it? This is why he's so loving and gorgeous and gracious, isn't it? Do you look at him and think, gosh, you're so gorgeous. Gosh, you are so delightful. I can't believe that you would do this for me. A man sitting at the road blind. And what I love about Jesus, Jesus knew what he needed. He was at the side of the road blind and begging. These people were nothing in this day. And sometimes we feel like nothing, don't we? Don't we have nothing? We have nobodies in our world, don't we? The people that we all walk past, the people that we don't look about, but Jesus has compassion. So sometimes we pray for ourselves, but every day we should be praying for others. Just a side note. Just a side note for the nobodies in our world that we shouldn't, shouldn't walk past, but we do. Pray for the nobodies. But he calls out, what do you want? You see, sometimes our thing isn't the thing. Do you get it? Yeah. So God wants to know, what is your thing? Don't come to me saying, I just wish I was more patient, Lord, and I wish I was more this, and I wish I was more that. We flower up our prayers to make them seem a bit more palatable, so we seem less like the person we actually are. And Jesus is going, have you forgotten that I actually know you? Have you forgotten that I know the thing that is in your heart? But what Jesus wants is for you to be honest about it, and say to him, I am calling out to you because this is what I am. This is who I am. And if you have anybody, if we have people in our lives who rebuke us and hold us back and try to stop us calling out to Jesus, tell them to shut up. Do, do you need that in your life? Do you need anybody in your life who's trying to stop you getting to know Jesus? We love them. We pray for them. We pray God for them. Absolutely we do. But if anybody is holding back you as you are striving for Jesus, you do not need that in your life. So you stand against it in Jesus' name. And you carry on calling out his name for as long as you need to. But every time you call, he will stop. I can guarantee you of that. But sometimes we don't recognize that he stops, do we? Do we? If I could trace back my life and show you every point I called out to Jesus and every time I ignored him stopping, it's remarkable. And I sat there thinking, why isn't he answering my prayers? And Jesus is thinking, oh, Andrea, I'm right here. But you're asking for the wrong thing. You know, I direct you to the podcast, to Pastor Phil's um, previous messages and asking and getting and asking correctly. We ask for the wrong thing. The man at the side of the road who was blind could have prayed for all the food in the world. Uh, you know, a chariot. A chariot. What does a blind man need with a chariot? You know, but we, we pray for the wrong thing. He needed to see. And he didn't just need to physically see. He needed to have the eyes of his heart opened so that he could see Jesus for everything that he was. That's what's transformational. Jesus is so gracious, he will meet your physical need. Whatever you need, he will meet it. But then he also opens your, the eyes of your heart to see him high and lifted up so that everything you have you understand gosh it's all about him can you see can you see and when you have it when you have it you know god says no go in faith your faith has saved you you see test is a four-letter word is it not my friends you know none of us want it if we could go through our lives skipping joyfully and never have another test, I would be the happiest person alive, let me tell you. I'd be like, hey, tests and trials, none here. I have overcome them all. There should be a quarter, shouldn't there? Have you ever prayed that to Lord? Have I had it now? Is that it? Is that the end? Is that the level? Can I just have a couple of years now when nothing happens? That would be delightful, Jesus. And he's like, ah, do you know what, Andrea? I don't take you through this stuff just for the heck of it. I take you through this stuff to improve your faith because I know you're going to get to the other side of it. 
yeah? And when you get to the other side of it, I know that you're going to be a bit more like me and you can teach other people a bit more about me and then they're going to be a bit more like me because when they go through it, they're going to know somebody who's gone through it and come through it. Do you see? He doesn't take us through it for spite. He doesn't take us through it for entertainment. He doesn't take it through us because, oh, do you know, things have been going very well for them lately. I think it's time for a little test. That is, a, do you think God is in heaven being so mealy-mouthed and spiteful? I don't believe in a God who does that to us. I believe in a God who says, everything I'm taking you through right now is to bring you closer to me. But we forget that bit. Do you see? We forget that bit. So we pray for the things that would make the test better without realizing that the prayer we should be saying is screaming out to Jesus for himself. Do you get it? It's your faith that has healed you. And things will happen and circumstances will right themselves and things will fall into line like dominoes going over. But it is your faith in Jesus that will heal you. It is your, can I say it again? Church, can I say this again? It is your faith in Jesus that heals you. Don't look to other people to do it, although friends are lovely and amazing, and I thank God for good friendships. Families are amazing and lovely, and I thank God for good families. I thank God for all the good teachers and nurses and health professionals and people and milkmen and news agents, whatever. All the people who are pouring good into your life, I thank God for them. But you, is ah, oh, it's only faith in Jesus that heals you. All these people are great people, good, but it is only faith in Jesus that heals you. Do you understand? He's the only one that can take that doubt away. He's the only one that can take that fear away. He's the only one that can take that envy away. He is the only one that can make that right. If you want it. It is our personal motivation to engage with Jesus and see the things of Jesus poured out in our lives that is the conduit to complete healing. We have to engage with him and be transformed by what he is teaching us in order to be transformational. Who wants to be transformational? Who wants to have a good report from people? To say, do you know what, you're going through something? Oh, they're lovely. I've got lovely neighbours. Have I told you about my neighbours? They're Christians, they go to church, you know. I've got lovely neighbours. Do you know what? All of that stuff, good report stuff. That's what Jesus wants for us. You know, and how does that come about? Your faith has healed you. You don't need to get crabby. You don't need to get snippy. You don't need to look at anybody else and think, I want what they've got because you will be so content with what you have because Jesus has given it to you. Yes? Your faith heals you cling on to that today cling on to it read the scriptures read the scriptures hang on his every word friends hang on his every word not the words of people who are telling you what you want to hear hang on to the words of Jesus Christ who says your faith has healed you faith in him not what others can do for you faith in him yes Oh, can you tell I'm feeling a bit passionate today? Yes. yes. You see, what I really, 
I see this in work all the time with young people. You know, things start to go better because something has happened, an intervention has happened. Something, one of the things that has slightly made you off kilter has been put right. So all of a sudden, you're not so unstable. You know, I call that sticking plaster mentality. If you're not getting to the root cause, it will never be made stable forever and firm. Do you understand? So that you can make one thing better. But if the root cause is not addressed, it's just putting a sticking plaster on a broken leg. It won't promote healing. It won't do anything of any earthly use. But what we feel is a little bit better in that moment. And what passes us by is the nearness and knowness of God Almighty to heal and heal completely. Yes? So we try to assuage. We try to make things a bit more comfortable. We try to make things better in our own strength or through people, good, well-intentioned people. And we miss the fact that God is going, I sent Jesus to heal you and heal you completely. Now let him in. Do you understand? Rip that plaster off. It's brutal. It hurts. Rip it off. And get to the root cause of the matter. Your faith in Jesus has healed you. That's what we walk out in our everyday lives. Amen? Amen. Oh, right. Oh, the next one. Your faith in Jesus has saved you. Yes? Your faith in Jesus has saved you. Now, this is Luke 7. Lee, can we do the same thing where you just put it up? Is that okay? She's so good, Lee. She never tells me off when I'm not good with my verses, you know. She's such a good egg. Isn't she? Leah, you got the cat at the back. Those people work hard at the back there, mind. We don't see them. They work hard. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> that was a bit lacklustre, I'll be honest with you. But, you know. <laughs> but well done, everyone. So here we go. Your faith has saved you. Luke 7, verses 36 to 50. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life um, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not kiss me, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen.
Amen, 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 amen. Oh my gosh. Church, just as you are permissioned, positioned not to look by sight, but by through faith through Jesus, you are positioned to flow. What's your flow like today? You are positioned to flow in the love and gratitude of everything that Jesus Christ has bought for you through his death and resurrection. Amen. You are positioned to flow through people. And we damn that up sometimes, don't we? We stop it. Whatever is stopping you flowing this morning is reducing your capacity. We look at tests and think, oh my gosh, if only I could do this, but people are stopping me. If only I could do this, but my circumstances are stopping me. If only I could do this, but it's that, this, that, that. That my doubt. Uh, uh. Listen, you are positioned to flow in love and gratitude through Jesus Christ Almighty. You are. Posi- Do you understand? So sometimes we operate out of our lack and mistake the fact that we have the more capacity than we know what to do with. Do you see? Because he comes to give us life and life abundantly. And we ourselves restrict and reduce and minimize the life that we have been given. You see, what happens is we feel short-changed. Yes? Sometimes tests happen or circumstances happen or things happen and alter things in our lives. And what happens is, is that we begin to feel short-changed by what is going on in our life. Now, when you feel short-changed, it directly affects your relationship with yourself, with Jesus and with others if you let it. Because when you feel short-changed, what you start to do, what we all start to do, we start to rue our circumstances. Yes? If only things were different. If only, if, if only, if only I had a car, if only I had more babysitters at my disposal, if only I had more money, if only I had a better job, if only I didn't work full time, if only I had friends who would support me. You know, we start to question our circumstances and blame our circumstances. Secondly, what we start to do is doubt our own abilities in Jesus Christ. Yes, because it is for life that Christ, for freedom he set you free, for a life abundant. Do you understand? So what we start to do is question you know, our own ability to serve, to be, to love, to have faith, to know his grace, to recognize when he speaks, we start to limit him because there's a fog around us. And secondly and thirdly, sorry, we've done secondly, thirdly, you start to blame people. Right? That is what happens when you feel shortchanged by God. You start to blame people and you are stuck in a fog. It's like being in your back garden when a thick, thick fog descends. You know, when you look out your window, you think, I can't see anything. It's like being in your back garden and there's a thick fog and you can't find your own way to your own back door. Do you see? That is what that does to you. You are in familiar surroundings in a safe place, but you can't find it because of everything that you have brought down into your life through feeling shortchanged by God and people. Do you see? The more you lean into God, the more you trust in him, the more you experience him and hang on to him, the fog starts to lift. So you can make out buildings, you can make out doors. And the more you focus on what you can see through God, the clearer the picture gets. But if you just want to be in a place of lack, focusing on being shortchanged, that fog will not lift. So you have to find your way through life without being able to see. Do you get it? And so we have to negotiate ourselves, our lives, and we, seem to, and we wonder why things are going wrong, and we wonder why things aren't working out, 
and we wonder why uh, people aren't there for us anymore, and we wonder why I can't do the things I used to do, and it's all because the fog has blinded you. You can't see your way out of it because you've taken your eyes off Jesus. Do you understand? Because what we do in this situation is, and this is a human reaction, okay? But we are not human. We are supernatural beings through Jesus Christ. Amen? Some of us, uh, uh, apparently. Okay? But this is the difference. You have to, (laughs) I refer you back to Hebrews. If you want, you have to believe he exists. Do you see? When we get into that place where things are going wrong, we doubt him. And we doubt his goodness towards us. And because of that, we will blame people for it. Or we will blame our circumstances for it. You know, there is a thing here. This this part of scripture, when the Pharisee turns and judges that woman for worshipping Jesus, he didn't realise she was preparing him for his death. Do you know that? She was cleaning his body ceremonially and anointing him. That was a prophetic act of how his body would be prepared for death. And they missed it because they were too keen on pointing out how sinful she was. That's what happens to us when we make people our problem. Do you understand? Because you stop seeing the person, we dehumanize people when we problematize them. We stop seeing who and what they are and how they were created by God himself. And all we see is a list of stuff they do wrong, especially if it's wrong to us. Yeah? So what you do, I mean, the nth degree of dehumanizing is what brings about all war crimes. Where you stop seeing people as people and just as nothing. They don't feel pain. They don't, you know, they are less than me. So I don't have to extend any mercy. When you problematize another human being, what you do, you know, is especially if you choose to judge and judge harshly. And if you judge, any judgment is harsh, isn't it? Because it's judgment. If you haven't spoken to that person and know nothing about that person and then choose to judge harshly, it's still judgment. And we are not to judge. If we judge, we are judged as Christians. So you know what? It shouldn't even be part of our vocabulary, of our repertoire. We take a step back from that and say, no, 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 I'm not entering in. Don't even start. When we problematize people, we dehumanize them. And then what we can do We can withhold love, mercy, and compassion because all they are now is a series of problems. And let me tell you, Jesus Christ did not come to critically scrutinize his people. He came to love and be merciful and be compassionate. So when we withdraw that from any human being, we are about as far from Christ-like as it is possible to be. Because we, you said it this morning, God is love. So who am I? to say that I don't love. Who am I to withhold love if God is love and sent his son to die on a cross for me? Who am I to create an entity out of another human being that tells me, well, they're not like me. Look at everything they've done. And then I withhold the basic principles and foundations of Christianity from them. Let me tell you, I am not Christ-like then. That is tough stuff for us to accept, but it is what it is. Because your faith in Jesus has saved you, and it has saved you from this stuff. 
You are loved beyond measure, church. And God extends his compassion and mercy. You are loved. You are co-heirs with Christ. You are are the apple of his eye. And we are called to be that to other people. But we withhold because we problematize people. And then we dehumanize them. So this Pharisee, and Jesus is so lovely, isn't he? Tells him a little story to see. Do you know? Let me just tell you this then. Explain this to me. And this Pharisee is going, well, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Of course, that's quite right. And this is another thing we miss. You know, we think, how can Christians do this? Christians would never withhold in that way. Let me show you this. He says, Jesus says to him, do you see this woman? That's an, uh, that sentence, please let my words echo in your minds all day. Do you see this woman? No, he just saw a prostitute. He just saw a sinner. He just saw someone who was in his house touching Jesus. I'll have you know that isn't the sort of home I run. This isn't the parties I go to. How dare you walk in here touching Jesus? Get him off her. You know? And Jesus is going, whoa, 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 whoa. You back up there. Do you see this woman? No, he just saw a list of problems. He just saw a list of sin. And he acted and judged accordingly, according to that. Does that happen? Oh, yes, it does. Because you see, in this scenario here in the Bible, do you know what we can see? And it's there in black and white. Jesus was in this man's home, but he hadn't been made welcome. Think about that today. Is Jesus in your home, but have you made him welcome? Have you given him time? Have you given him space in your heart? Have I? Listen, listen, when I say I, I mean we. You know that. I'm talking about myself. This is, you know fundamental basic stuff where Jesus can be in our home but we haven't made him welcome Jesus is saying I'm here but you know you didn't give me a bowl to wash my feet I'm here at your table but you didn't kiss me I'm here in your home but you didn't she's put perfume on my feet and not stop crying and kissing them and you're walking around criticizing other people but I'm here in your home Jesus is going I'm here I'm here I'm in your house and you're more preoccupied with pointing out what other people are doing wrong than making time and space for me. That we should be in such a place. And sometimes, you know what? It happens. But I'm pointing this out for myself and for the church because time is short and people are dying. And we need to show Jesus to a world that is dark and needs it. But take heart, church, for my king overcomes. Amen? Amen. We are his hands and feet. Who are we to withhold? Who am I to withhold from anyone? Who are you to withhold from me? This is our life. This is what we are called to. This is what we are called for. It is through faith in Jesus that you are saved. Do you hear me? Saved. You know, with, I'm thinking about Jeanette. There's that story. I wish I knew Jeanette. She sounds awesome, by the way. You know, but Jeanette knows her saviour because she had nothing. Do you think Jeanette needed anybody to point out to her who and what she was? Do you think that? She already knew. She didn't need people telling her that she was, a, you know, on the rob, a jailbird, a drag addict. She didn't need anybody telling her how terrible her life was or how low her life was or what she had been reduced to, the degradation of her world. She didn't need that. What she needed was a saviour who loved her. So who am I to point that out in people's lives? Do you know we get it wrong? And we get it wrong with each other. 
We get it wrong with each other. Christians get it wrong with each other. Let's just rise above all of that. We are here to love Jesus and love people. Do you understand? Do you understand? This is so key. This is so key. I'm coming to the end of what I'm saying. So I don't know if the, the, the team wants to come up. Actually, I haven't even looked at my notes. There could be loads to go. And then they'd be sat there for ages, just probably like that. My fingers are falling off, Andrea. When you just call me 10 minutes later. I want this to, you all to know. It is our position to replace our confidence and dependence on anything that is not Jesus with Jesus. Do you get it? Yeah. It is our position to replace anything that we are dependent and confident in, in our worldly selves, with Jesus Christ. That's our position. But we don't rely on the world's things anymore, but we rely entirely on our Saviour. Your faith has saved us. Our faith has saved us. I cannot get over it. Our faith has saved us. He has plucked us out of deepest, darkest hell. Do you understand? This is madness, isn't it? How can this be? He has healed me of all ill and he has plucked me out of hell to be seated with Christ as a co-heir. That is mind-blowing. Let's live in the massiveness of that instead of the pettiness of our own likes and dislikes. Let's engage in the capacity of God instead of the lack of our own spirit at times. Exchanging my spirit of whatever for Christ and the Holy Spirit that will just flood the world if we allow ourselves to be that means by which it can. You know, it's by... I made a list of stuff from an old book I found in a charity shop. It was 30p. I can't lend it to any of you. It will fall apart. It won't make the journey. For by faith, this is how the saints live, it says. And I love this. For by faith, the saints live, stand, walk, obtain good report, overcome the world, resist the devil, and are supported. What? We lose sight of that, don't we? You can give me hundreds of books with fancy words in, but at the end of the day, it's that stuff, isn't it? It's as basic as that. The reason I can walk is because of faith in Jesus Christ. The reason when all things are tough, you can take another step is because Christ is powering behind you going, come on, come on. It's faith in me that's doing this for you. And faith produces joy, love, peace, confidence, and boldness. Faith produces joy, love, peace, confidence, and boldness. So I bring this to you today, church. If you want to live in that world, if you want to live in a world of joy, love, and peace, if you want to be bold and courageous, if you want to have good report, if you want to be the person that Christ wants to be, we need to recognize and live in the huge capacity that has been brought into our world by recognizing it is through faith in Jesus Christ that you are healed. And it is by faith in Jesus Christ that you are saved. I wish you nothing but the best, church. My prayer is for you to have a wonderful week, that you will see miracles, that you will see the power of God in a way you have never seen it before, and that your hearts will be open and teachable to everything he wants to bring to you, that your ears will be open and hearing to everything he wants to say to you, and that your heart will be guarded against all other loves but his. Have a great week. Amen.
This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.